You want your name on there? No, I don't want my name, but I'm finally on here, guys. All right. It was good. All right. So we was just talking about um, where you're from. Well, tell me a little bit about that. decent neighborhood to like the hood hood within a matter of like 10 years you know and that's when I was younger so growing up my childhood wasn't bad but by the time I got to be a teenager mm. although you know like my family like the household I was living in you know made decent money and were fairly well to do the neighborhood was started getting worse and you know started being shootings and killings and all kind of crazy shit so by the time I got to high school it was like it was damn near a war zone you know what I mean so my whole goal was just to get the fuck out of here get far away not place as possible and just go anywhere, you know, but there. How'd you, how'd so, you um, get into moving around, like traveling the world type shit? Because that's, that's the most interesting part about you, bro. Well, my, uh, I actually went, when I left Buffalo, my, uh, I went to Texas for school. Mm-hmm. And going to Texas for school was like my first introduction to traveling. And that shit had me open, bro. Because, you know, the Southern hospitality down there is real. Like you hear about the Southern hospitality in the North. And we don't really know exactly what it means in the North. Because in the North, people aren't, like, mean or rude. But they're kind of, I mean, they're just city people. So they're like, you know, they want to get to where they're going. Right. Get the they're fuck out the way. A lot of people around. So it's just, you know, it's a different vibe. So when I got to that Southern hospitality, I was like, wow, this is this is like, amazing. You know, I would meet people. And the first day I meet them, they'd be like, yo, let me take you here. Let me take you there. Take you to the mall. Take you this. I'm like, this is you know, in New York, you know, you know, you live in Brooklyn. You don't meet somebody and they offer to take you around the city like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's you know true. what I mean. Not no New York shit. You know what I mean? So yeah. I was really open off the Southern hospitality, and um, you know, from there I transferred to another school in Kansas, and I and then um, I would do like during spring breaks, I would go to like either Florida or California. You talking about for so, you for know, what college? I, you was moving around. Yeah, that college. There's spring, yeah, during spring break, you know, people go. You know, you get like two weeks off of spring break. So, like, my mom lives in Florida, lives in Florida, so I would come to Miami for spring break. Uh-huh. I had some teammates from my, I played college football, so I had some, a lot of teammates from California. So they taught me into coming out to Cali, which is the place I always wanted to go. So during college, I did a lot of traveling throughout America. And then by the time I got out of college, I had traveled to so many places in America. I was just like, man, you know what? These places aren't really that much different. I mean, the weather's a little different. The accents may be a little different, but it's still America. So then I started, you know, questioning, you know, what it was like to live outside of America. And when I was done with college, my first gig I got actually was playing professional football within the, with the, in the arena league. And the the city I got signed to was Fairbanks, Alaska. Like and professional Alaska, football as in like American football or soccer? Yeah, uh, American football. Oh, okay. You said you coach American. football overseas. Yeah, I did. I played. I played professionally first, and after I was done playing, I got into coaching. Where Where did you play um, professionally? I played in Fairbanks, Alaska, Alaska, in the Arena League. My God! <laughs> yeah, you was you was playing yeah. in the snow, bro, freezing up and shit. Well, no, nah, it was it's indoor football. It's indoor football. That's so it's, it's the equivalent. Yeah, it's, it's it's sort of like if you guys know rugby, you know how you got rugby sevens and rugby elevens. It's oh, similar to that. about rugby, bro. <laughs> Oh no! Just... Oh yeah. Okay. So so like with um 
So like, okay, in Europe with with soccer, mm-hmm. what we call soccer, in Europe they have the outdoor football uh, soccer, and then when it's cold they have indoor soccer. When it's just pretty much a smaller field and less players, that's pretty much what indoor football is. Uh-huh. Um, and the, all the players that don't get to make it to the NFL, if they still want to play professionally, then that's where they end up going to the Arena League. I feel you, right? So that's where I ended up getting my first job out of college playing professional football. It was in Alaska. And even though that's America, it feels way different yeah, than America because it it's so far like a away. Place, Not, right. I get that. Yeah, it feels like a different place. So it felt like being overseas because although people speak English and they use the U.S. dollar, uh-huh. it just felt way different. The prices are way high. It's just it's just a different vibe. So you know that kind of had me curious to see what it was like to live outside of like you know any actual state. And um, then I it was about three years when I was coaching in America. And one of my college teammates uh, talked me into joining his agency. Mm-hmm. His agency was called Euro Players, and they specialized in getting players abroad. Hold so on. I find my they, they actually play American football overseas, like Europe and stuff? Yeah, yeah. For real? They, um, I'm, yeah, it's, I'm um, ignorant as hell, bro. I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. <laughs> they, play, they play football everywhere, man. You'll be surprised, man. Like, the well, world like American is, rules, bro? <laughs> Well, yeah, with American rules, yeah. That's I mean, um, you know, because you got to remember, um, in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, I think, well, I think it might have started in the 70s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Mm-hmm. They had a league called NFL Europe. If you're like a big-time football fan, then you remember it. It's pretty much the guys that make the NFL, but they're not good enough to, like, actually play. Mm-hmm. They will go over to Europe, and they will play in, like, a developmental league to try to get them better for the NFL. So it's like and the so NBA G League, basically. It's just like the just like the G League and the D League. It's literally mm-hmm. exactly like the G League. You know what I mean? Just NFL version. And you. they did it in Europe mainly because they were trying to expand the NFL's fan base outside of America, right? right? They wanted to expand it into Europe. So they started NFL Europe and it was successful. It lasted for like forty years. That's but they were spending a lot of money because they had to, you know, uh-huh. pay for all the flights for the players to fly over, they had to pay players, pay the refs, uh coaches. They True. pretty much had to fly everything over there. So they, spent, they were spending a lot of money and they weren't recouping it all. So they shut down the league after 40 years. But in that 40 years, a large fan base grew over there. So when NFL Europe shut down, these had a ton of fans that still wanted to see football. Mm-hmm. So with a lot of people that was over there, like business owners and guys that had a lot of money, they just continued the league. They pretty much continued, continued the, the team just in different leagues. Right. Yeah. They I kept the that. name of the team and started their own league. So instead of there being one NFL year, all the teams in Germany started a German football league. All the teams in France started a France football league. That's and crazy. they all broke off into their own individual league. Um, and then that's just pretty much how it started. And since uh, they know it's an American sport, they pay American coaches and American players to come over and help. Mm. So I got into those leagues. And, you know, that's pretty much how I got my start traveling abroad. How, how were the Europeans into that? Like, how did they like uh, American football or football? They love it, man. They they love it. I mean, to be honest, soccer is still like king over there. Soccer right. will never, no sport will ever dethrone soccer, I believe, in Europe. So uh-huh. it's, it, it'll never be like the top sport. Germany is the only place where it's close. Um, Germany is really, really, really big on football, and it's mainly because a few of the NFL Europe teams were in Germany. So they've got people over there that's been watching football for like 40 years. Um, but, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, 
it's good, but it's not like anywhere close to like Canada, America, Mexico, anything like that. Mm. But the players over there, they have a passion for the game and they really, really love it. So like you have guys that are full time, they have full time jobs and they come out and play free. Like the coaches get paid, the American coaches get paid, the American players get paid. Right. But the European players and coaches, they're doing it just for the love of the game. Gee? So that's crazy. Yeah. Shit. Yo, what position did yeah. you play? I played corner. Okay. I played DB. Yeah, I played DB in um in college. I played DB in um in the pros, and then I started off my coaching career coaching with DBs, and then I just like every coach, I ended up coaching all over the place. You end up just coaching whatever positions available for you to coach. Mm. Sometimes you got to coach stuff out of necessity. So I've been coaching all over, but playing playing wise, I had the most experience playing at DB. That's crazy. When you were up in um Alaska. Like, did you did you experience one of the days with you know like the full day of sunlight? Shit? The long days, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny? Actually, too, mm-hmm. I actually experienced both. I, I experienced the long days and the long nights because they have uh they have the lo- the the long days during the spring and they have the long days the, the long nights during the winter. Oh yeah, because I was gonna say I didn't know Alaska had long days. I thought they only had long nights. I didn't. Apparently, they have both. Bruh, did you, like were you able to yeah, sleep? They have both. Well, what they actually what they have is they have what's called um they have blackout curtains. Mm-hmm. So you can like put the curtains up and it literally just stays uh it keeps the room black, you know, and they have blackout curtains. Mm-hmm. But here's the interesting thing the way it goes though, which I didn't know before I got out there. It doesn't it's not a gradual thing, it's a it's a it's a gradual process. So like it'll go it'll start it starts off at like twelve and twelve. Right, just like normal, mm-hmm. and then every week the sun will start to set an hour earlier, an hour earlier, an hour earlier, an hour earlier. So it okay. takes like about a month and a half to transition, and then once it makes a full transition, it goes from twelve and twelve to like twenty three and one, and then it stays like that for like two weeks, and then it makes a slow transition back to twelve uh-huh. and twelve. Stays like that for like a month, and then it makes a slow transition going to darkness. Oh. And then it takes about a month and a half, and then it gets to 20, 23 hours darkness, one hour light, and then it makes a slow transition back. So, so it how, takes a while. What, what months out of the year is that, or is that a constant thing? Is it well for the winter time? It go it starts it starts in like <clears throat> late February, and it takes about a month and a half to transition to get all the way to like twenty three and one, mm-hmm. and then it kind of is like a you know a month gradual back to twelve and twelve. And then by like March is when spring hits, and then that's when it starts to get slow transition up to like the end of March, when it gets to you know about twenty three and one of light. And then by the time June gets June hits, it slowly gets back to twelve and twelve. Mm, so oh, and when I was normal. in Alaska, I also got to see Northern Lights when I was out there. Yeah, that, I was about to ask you about that next. How was that? I wish is that trippy? Yo, that shit was super super dope. For one. You don't know when it's gonna come, so when it comes, you see everybody like hopping out the car, people on the like side of the road, everybody got their car to like look at it and shit. Uh-huh. Even on the throughway, people be like pulled over on the side of the throughway. Yeah. Um, but it's like super trippy because it's like you're just like walking down the street, you're you you know out chilling. The sky is completely dark, you know, and then you just see like these green clouds come, and they like the colors go from like light green to dark green. Is and it then like three-dimensional? Like, well, it's not. It's, it's they. They really. They kind of look like clouds, but they move like clouds. You know, clouds 
kind of look right. like like they stay in one form, uh-huh. right? But Northern Lights, they don't stay in one form. They're kind of like moving like gas. They're just gas. That's so crazy. the same way you would see like gas moving around, uh-huh. like tapeless, that, that's So it, it seems like the clouds are illuminated, like in that sense. That's exactly what it looks like. Uh-huh. Exactly what it looks like. And then there's different color spectrums. Like it goes from really, really dark green to really, really neon green. And then also in between. Damn. So it's not one specific color. And it's also red. It's like green and red, but different spectrums of green and red. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's trippy because sometimes it'll be up for two or three minutes and then go away. Sometimes it'll be up for hours. Mm-hmm. So you never know when, how long it's going to be out. So when it comes out, everybody's calling each other, like, yo, it's outside, yo, yo, stay out. And everybody's running outside to see if they can get it before it goes away. And shit, you know what I mean? So Dude, it was cool, man. As a, as a, you know, as a black man in Alaska, like, how, how was you getting your sunlight? Were you depressed over there? Like, you know, when it, when it was really dark and gloomy and all that? No, actually, I actually wasn't depressed mainly because um, Fairbanks, and Anchorage have a lot more black people than I thought they would have. And plus, most of the people on, on the team was black. You know, you ain't going to have a pro, pro football team without right. black niggas. You know what I mean? So right. It was a ton of black people on the team. Been there almost, I won't say everybody, but like 90% of the team. Um, but to be honest, though, Alaska is like, there's a lot of indigenous people there. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people there that like pretty much are Native Americans. So like you have a lot of people that may not be considered black, but they're not considered white either. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, like what they call the Anu, or well, they call they they call themselves the Anu. Uh, everyone else calls them Eskimos, but to them that's a derogatory term, Eskimo. Um, they want to be called Anu because that's the name of their tribe. Oh. So there's a lot of them there, um, and there's also a lot of mixed people. Since there's so many um, native natives there, you have a lot of natives that mix black people, natives that mix white, natives that mix Asians. So, so there's a lot of people that whoa, really what's the tell. what's the what's the skin tone like? Is it is it light skin or like uh, brown? They, is brown. This, is brown um, with like curly hair in that? No, uh, it's, it's, it's I won't say curly hair. I'll say like um, I mean I, I would say they look like any Native American tribe. If you've ever seen like a someone from a Seminole tribe or someone from the Cherokee tribe, right? I'm saying like very, when when they mix with black people. Like, oh, and it, oh, yeah, when they black people, yeah, they'll be dark skin with curly. They'll look with, they'll look Dominican. They'll be dark skin, but they'll have. I was about hair. to say like the Trinidadian look with like curly hair, yeah, but yeah, their skin is yeah. dark. That type of thing. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's how that's how a lot of look. Um, and so you know, there's so many different mixes of people that you know, no one person really stands out out there because you know it's just so mixed up. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. <laughs> Bro, how how did you um how did you find your way to Egypt? Ooh, I want to Egypt. Oh wow. <laughs> um, uh, and more yeah. importantly, bro, you got to tie in how you met your wife into that story. Oh, <laughs> okay. So with Egypt, um, my uh, so the 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 website I was telling you about the agency that uh-huh. I was telling you about um called Euro Players. My um one of my college teammates, that my guy Phil. He actually is the one who told me, like, yo, man, if you're trying to get outside of the States, man, you got you to gotta check this website out. I kept putting it off, putting it off, and I kept seeing, he kept signing deals. So finally, I'm like, okay, you need to keep signing deals. Let me go and check this shit out. Mm-hmm. And so I got on and got my first deal in Italy. So after I got my first deal with Italy, I stayed with the agency. I just stayed with them, kept using them. And the agency pretty much just connects players with the teams. So I got my deal in Egypt through the agency. 
Um, and it was actually at a school called German University in Cairo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in Cairo, Egypt, and it was a college football team. Um, so I got out to Egypt through uh, Euro players. And then when I got out there, um, there was – so the NFL, there's a few NFL players and a few former NFL players mm-hmm. that have um, – uh, a non-profit organization it's called American Football Without Borders okay and American Football Without Borders is pretty much a non-profit that goes around the world goes to different countries every year and just puts on free football camps so every year they go to a different country I think they started off in Scotland then they went well, from Scotland to like Finland and then somewhere else but Egypt was the fourth place they went mm-hmm. so when they went when they came to Egypt it was our school that hosted the event, and my wife was out there teaching English at the time. She heard that uh, a bunch of a bunch of NFL players was coming to America, and Marshawn Lynch was like her favorite player. You know what I mean? He was Marshawn Lynch was probably, yeah, he he was coming, so she came because she was like, "Oh, Marshawn Lynch, I'm like, I want to go see Marshawn Lynch." That's why she came. <laughs> I was there working, right? And uh, so you know, we uh, we we met at the uh, American Football without uh, without borders, event. and you okay. know, from there, she, we've been. We've been, we've been rocking and rolling ever since. That was five right, years ago. Since. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> so y'all met, what, 2015? Yep. That's crazy. 2015, yep. That's crazy. 2015, yep. How many different countries have you been to? You mean like lived or visited? Both. <laughs> um, lived. Run down the list. Oh, yeah, I was about to say, that's the only way I can know because I never could remember the number. Uh, so let's see. Lived. Uh, let's see. So Italy, Spain, France, Poland, Czech Republic, <laughs> God uh, China, and Egypt. That's crazy. Those were the places that we lived. You forgot one, bro. Uh, Poland? Did I say Poland? No. Nah, oh, forgot. Mexico. Mexico. <laughs> ah, Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good look, Joseph. I can't answer without it. Yeah, Mexico. Mm-hmm. I don't um, know. Have you ever visited other places like like other Asian countries, like Korea or Japan or any of those? Yes, I love Asian countries. So when we were in China, we visited Hong Kong a bunch of times. We visited Thailand a bunch of times. Uh, I visited Cambodia once. Uh, we visited Malaysia, which Malaysia is probably me and my wife's favorite country because the people are so 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 nice. They bow and they speak to you. They put their hands together and bow. Like they always smile. Like they've been, they've been, um, they've been rated as like the happiest people in the world. Mm-hmm. So, and they pride in that shit too. So, like, you know, you never really see them arguing or yelling. None of that. It's just a very peaceful place. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's warm. You know, the people are brown. It's, it's Southeast Asia, so they're not like it's not like Japan or China where the people are really, really white. Mm-hmm. The people right. are brown. And although, like, I don't go places just because of black people, it just you know it feels you know it feels good. More welcome. More welcome. <laughs> Yeah, you said what? You feel more welcomed over there. Yeah, you feel you feel welcomed. People are staring at you, and like they're excited. They get a lot of tourists, but most of their tourists are white Americans, white uh, like like Britain people from Britain, UK, mm-hmm. and like Australians. So they're used to seeing a bunch of tourists, but a bunch of white tourists. So when they see black people, they're like really in awe and they're really excited because they don't get to see that many black people. So is it you know? Do you get that same um, reception in like Japan or China, or is that different? hell no? Not even close, bro. It's like the complete opposite. They be glaring no. at you, huh? 
Bro, when I say glam, I'm talking about like they'll pull out their phones, start recording you. Start you know, I heard. Of- you know what's crazy? I heard a story. I was listening to one of my friends talk. She said when she went to go visit, I think it was Japan. It was either Japan or Korea, and she said she was walking in the streets, and she's kind of tall, so I guess they thought she was a model or something. They started taking pictures of her, and then this lady spit on her. And I was like, she spit on you? And she said, yeah. yeah. And then the lady spit on her, you said? Yep. Wow. Angola? Yeah, she was yeah. jealous. Probably jealous because she knows that those, those Asian dudes love black women. Just that's like the Asian true. women love black men. But that's everywhere you go, though. I haven't really been anywhere where the people aren't like don't like actually like like black people just like you know physically you know mm-hmm. what I mean I've had old I've had old Chinese men like you know in their 80s 90s come to me oh you're a fatty handsome man and they're not being gay they're just literally have never seen a black person before that's crazy you know what I mean yeah I know a lot of Asian so- people are just always like complimenting especially black black people on like their build I know that's such a big thing in Asia people are always like wow it's you it's you because they're so small and stature, they're short, they're built kind of funny for the mm-hmm. most part. Um, so, you know, when they see us, it's just like, they're just like, they're damn near in awe. And especially the younger generation, because they're tapped into the NBA, the NFL. So, like, when the Olympics come on and American teams play, they're just like, like, we dominate everything. Like, you are, it's like, a, you know, yeah. a Team USA basketball team, uh, you know what I mean? Or even like a Jamaican, um, like, Britain team, you know, shit like that. It's just very clear that, like, the, you know, the difference in, like, physical ability. And so they see that, and they think every black person is that. Like, they see LeBron and D-Wade and all these dudes. Yeah. And they think that's just the average black person in America. They don't understand that's, like, the top one half percent. <laughs> you know, they think every black person is like that. So, um, Yo, I mean, I'm from Haiti myself, right? And, like, growing up over there, it was, like, the opposite experience for me, right? I used to think, like, oh, a white person. What the f- why is there, bro? I used to be so intrigued by that shit, bro. Like, I, I was some real shit. I was some real shit, yo. I was like, yo, how, how did skin get that light? Like, what? Yo, I used to, bro. I used to be one of the people, like, bro. When, when, if I never got asked this question, but like, I'm confused why people are offended why white people want to touch their hair. I want to touch their hair. What the fuck, yo. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm dead ass serious. It's like it wasn't a normal occurrence to me to where I was seeing like um different colored people like that. So I, I, I kinda get it in the sense where right. you know you see that person. It's like when I was there, if you would see like somebody like that's way lighter than you, like you would really run after them because you don't see that shit every day. Like normal life, yeah, yeah is is really different in, in that in terms of that. Yeah. So it makes more sense for you. Yeah, I I understand it. <laughs> yeah. And you gotta think too, bro. Black hair, you can do so much. Like if you if you walk around, you know, like especially places like New York City, L.A., where there's a lot of different Atlanta. Mm-hmm. If you see twenty black women, you'll probably see about fifteen different hairstyles. Yeah, that's true. By nice. hell, you see braids, locks, straight afro. You know, curly half half afro, half braids, weave, all kind of shit. Mm. But if you walk around a place like China, Europe, it's, it's basically all the same. I mean, no, this they just they they their hair is they can't do that. Much but you know what? Hair. You know what it is. Like, have you seen um, what North Korea does? Like, they have state-sanctioned, like in a lot of those places where it's like parental, like if someone's older than you, you have to respect what they say and all that other stuff. Like, 
it's a lot of the times yeah. where like most of the people they're not really like oh i'm a rebel i'm gonna do this with my hair they don't try new things yeah. like that and it's like everybody does one thing right everybody's kind of yeah, that's a fact. Especially in, in America, China. yeah, in America, you'll see like, oh, this person has like uh, this type of afro in their hair that goes this long, and that. You know what's crazy? Yeah. You know what's crazy? I watched a video of North Korean hairstyles through mm. the years compared to South Korean hairstyles through the years, and in both places, it's like that. Like you have to like listen to your parents. So right. both of them, like, like in unison, cut their hair in the same hairstyles each generation, which yep. I thought was crazy. Yeah. Yep, and it goes beyond the hair. I mean, you know, TV shows are all the same. The music's all the same. They don't really want everyone. They don't want people thinking different because to them, when you start thinking different, now you start thinking outside the box. You start right. thinking outside the box. Start doing different. They want everyone on one accord on everything. Do you so know, like, that's that's weird because in America, you'll see like, oh, um, they. They kind of champion the 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 renegade like person who goes yeah. out and like changes everything. Like you'll see Elon Musk and whatever like, you feel me. He'll go out and do something different, yeah. and then that's championed and like all revolutionary revolutionary ideas. I mean, that's where we come from. You get me? Like revolutionary yeah, no. ideas, right? Like they they're like, oh yeah, oh he's doing this, da da da, and then you'll get people behind you. You'll get support. So. I, I don't know if it's like that in like Asian countries or whatever, but well, in Asian country, but but China is different than everywhere else. So like yeah, China, Asian countries, you know they they differ from from country to country, but mm-hmm. China is by far like in a league of its own. Like everyone everyone that I've met that was an expat that lived there said that like agree that it's like a it's like a different world it's like a different planet there so you know like people are people like is it is change like like do they allow people to you know do stuff on their own for the most part or is it is it really really communist over there well here's what here's what i found interesting about being there we we were there for like two years so we really got a chance to dig in and we we you know we stayed in a few different cities, <laughs> so we got a chance to like really, really like kind of understand how the culture goes there. Mm-hmm. Forty and over, if you meet anybody there, forty and over, they're they're gonna found. You talk to pe- multiple people for and now people that haven't lived outside of China. So if you talk to someone who's only lived in China, has never visited another country, have never lived in another country, mm-hmm. the people over forty, they're all gonna sound very, 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 very similar. Because they grew up in a time where no expats came to China. They grew up in a time where the Chinese government didn't let Chinese people go outside of China. So only all you knew was China. Um, and then once you go under 40, especially like 35, under 30, that's the internet age. Right? I mean, technically. Wait, oh, let me ask you about this. Where, how, how was using the internet and being able to contact your family when you were over there? What? It's not tough because they got uh, VPNs out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so they pretty much all you do is get a VPN and then you just pretty much duke the system and make the Chinese internet think that you're in another country. Mm-hmm. So we would use a VPN. We would use a, uh, like an American internet address, a Canadian, Hong Kong, anywhere but China, Singapore, Japan. You know what I mean? And then we just use that because all the major sites are blocked. YouTube, Facebook, Google, Instagram. Right. Um. They want. They want you to use. They want you to use. So you their were able to get on. Um. Like let's say YouTube and 
you just got to use a VPN. And it's that's crazy. the difference. That's where I was going to go with because that's the difference between the people under 40 and the people over 40. Uh-huh. The people under you know, 40, 35, you know, 30 especially, they, they pretty much, all they know is is internet. Like, they, did, they didn't grow up just only being taught China's everything. Mm-hmm. Like, over there, they teach China's the middle kingdom, China's the middle of the world. They actually have in their map that China, in their map, they have uh, China right in the middle of the, of the, of the globe. It's really? the, the big continent by far. You know what I mean? And that's why they call it the middle kingdom. We, we were always taught in America that they call themselves the middle kingdom, but we never really knew why. Going there, I found out it was because they actually teach their population that China is the center of the world and the, West, the rest of the world like pretty much revolves around China. So the older people oh. think that. You know what I'm saying? Now that's, the younger people... That's really interesting. Ain't that so? That's heavy. Now, but here's the here's what's deeper though. The younger generation don't buy that shit because the younger generation, they on YouTube, they on Instagram, right. they on Google. So they travel. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So... They they know about all of our music. They know about our politics. They know about our movie. They know about like all of that shit. So you know, talking to them, you're not going to get the same answer. To circle back to like what your question was, right. you talk to you know ten twenty different Chinese people under twenty, you're gonna get a whole bunch of different. You're gonna get somebody who you know, oh my favorite, my favorite, uh, my favorite basketball player is D Rose. Another one's my favorite is LeBron. Or, or right. I like football. Other ones, you you watch Kevin Hart. You know they they on like that type. Of you know what I'm saying? The older yeah. generation, they don't know none of that shit. You know where what I'm saying? They know about. Where were you living in um, China? Uh, so the first time uh, we were out there, we were out there twice. So the first time we did a tour. So we went from Beijing to Dalian to Qingdao to uh, Guangzhou to Shenzhen to Shanghai. And mm-hmm. we stayed in each city for a week. Mm-hmm. Then the second time we came out, we were there permanent in certain cities. So we were in Chongqing for six months, and mm-hmm. then we actually moved to Wuhan. We were in Wuhan for like 10, <laughs> 11 months before, uh, uh, before we left. Shit. What, what year was that? Shit, that was last year. Shoot. We yeah, actually yeah. Not, it wasn't even like, hold on, it wasn't even last year. We got to Wuhan in 2019, mm-hmm. and we left in January of 2020. So we left Wuhan this year, but mm. the thing about it was we left before that shit. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But I was, was about to say y'all couldn't catch the niggas who did it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. No, it broke out, bro. But to be honest, though, were you well, hearing we were whispers? There. Were you hearing whispers of that, yeah. or was the government shutting that down? We so we were text messages. Everybody there used WeChat. Uh-huh. You know, everywhere else, what's that? Around the world to, to communicate. There we had. I mean, what's that block? So they use WeChat, but it's the same shit. Mm-hmm. We were getting WeChat messages saying uh, that the pneumonia was going around. Wear your mask when you go outside because there's been a lot of cases of pneumonia. So <clears> before <throat> we left, we thought it was increased cases of pneumonia, which right. we actually didn't really pay much attention to because the people there they smoke like sailors, they drink a lot, mm-hmm. you know, they eat fairly unhealthy. I mean, you can find healthy food there, but like the average person eats pretty enough they don't eat anything there right. so we thought we left pneumonia like no wonder y'all motherfuckers ain't you know you're not that sanitary right? mm-hmm. you know so to hear that there was a, a, a big spike in pneumonia we thought you know it was just because you know it was winter time people just weren't really uh you know taking care of themselves but literally a week after we left 
you know, we found out that it was, you know, some kind of virus. So, um, and we were actually staying in Wu Bay, uh, province too, which was the province they said it broke out from. Oh um, shit! You was real close yeah. to the action. That's Man, so we scary. was real close. To action. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ignorance is bliss, though. Like, you were walking in there, like, not knowing what the fuck was going on. That type of shit. Yeah. And I got sick of something, too. I got sick for, like, two weeks. So I think I might have caught it. I think me and my son caught it um, while we were out there. Yeah, I was just about to ask Uh, if you guys get it. That's crazy. Yeah, I think I did. Thank Uh, God you survived, though. You said what? I'm saying, like, it's a blessing to be alive. Like, if you caught that shit and lived, bro. That's a fact. Definitely wasn't to be alive because I was did out you, for like two weeks. Did you lose your sense of taste and touch and all that that stuff? I lost everything, yo. Wow. Damn. I, lost, I, could, I couldn't do shit. And I'm normally like, I'm fairly, I'm actually very healthy. So normally when I get sick, two days max, by the third day, I'm, I'm feeling better. Right. I was sick. Well, I was, I was down for two weeks. I normally never like call off from work. My, uh, <laughs> The owner of the company had to be like, "Yo, I don't think you can come in tomorrow." Because I was trying to put food, but I just looked like crap. You know, mm-hmm. my energy level was low. I was hungry, but I couldn't eat. You know what I mean? But at the time, and it was crazy because everybody in the office was getting sick, mm-hmm. and yeah. the the thought was just, "Oh, the flu's going around, or it's the bug." Was what they would say, you right. know, the flu or the bug around. So you know, it was everybody thought it was just a regular flu season type shit. And that's what we when we heard pneumonia, the pneumonia was going around. That's what we thought. Okay, it's regular. You know, it was wintertime, because this was January. You know, but we actually got the first text in, like, late December. Because we left early January. So when we got the text about the pneumonia, it was late December. So we just thought it was wintertime. You know what I mean? Right. Um, <clears throat> I think it was like, no. You know what I mean? Bro, I but have so many actually, questions. Uh, like, really? I mean. Do the way, shit. I got all day, bro. I'm on vacation. <laughs> so, um, like, were you were you around a lot of people that were sick? Like, because I heard that the virus is like when you get out to UV light and um, oh, are, are you into conspiracies or anything like that? I mean, yeah, but I don't, I don't like, I don't think conspiracies are fake. I mean, by definition, a conspiracy theory isn't anything fake. So, like, right, you know, they're behind it. Yeah, you know. So there's this theory that. The virus is actually something that got uh, leaked out into the general population from a lab um, up there in Wuhan, right? Like, so the thing I, I think it was a it was a scientist that was on this other podcast I listened to that described it. He said that um, the virus is stronger, basically stronger when you're close, you're inside, you're around, like no no sunlight. Right, like the conditions of a lab, but when you get outside yeah. and you you're in UV light and all that stuff, the virus tends to die. So they're connecting that with like, oh, it might not really be from a pangolin or a, a bat or whatever the case may be, and it, it's like it it might have came from a lab and that was that shit. They tried to cover it up or whatever the case may be. What like being yeah. there? What what could you say to that? Like. Well, being there, I was like, there's hell of schools there. Wuhan has the most schools in China out of all the cities in China. Wuhan has like 12 universities. All right. So there's hella labs there. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, wow. um, you know, that, I mean, I'm, that's not to say that, you know, that makes it true, but right. I mean, if it's going to 
any city out there, I, I, I can see it coming from one if it came from a lab because there's so many labs there. Like, whenever I will meet, it's, it, it, there's so many schools there mm-hmm. that whenever I meet another, like, whenever I see an African person out there, I just assume that they're students because there's so many Africans that are out there studying because there's so many schools out there. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, I would see an African person, especially if they're younger, and just assume, okay, this person went, either is in school or they went to school here, they graduated, and they stayed and got a job here. That's what most Africans did out there, you know, because there were so many schools, and they were like, they're like good schools too, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So, um, you know, there's I, I do know that there's hella labs there, hella opportunities for there to be laboratories, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what, so, what do you know about the the um, what should we call it? The doctors that they were making disappear and all that. Like, is that true? I don't know shit about that. I mean, I <laughs> I, I thought that I thought that community about it, but I, you know that I couldn't speak. I, I just I do know they're in as far as they're being schools. Like since I was coaching football, mm-hmm. we were recruiting because um, a lot of because out there in China they they don't mix uh, academics with with sports, sports the way we do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If 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 you're an athlete, you go to a sports school right. and you're literally at the school only to play sports. If you're a student, you're there mm-hmm. and you're busting the ass to only. You don't even have time to even damn near sleep because you're studying so much. You know what I mean? Right. So, so that is so. We will recruit uh, players from other contact sports like rugby and shit like that um, to come play football. And there was like three different sports schools out there. So we had a really good team because we were able to get some guys that didn't really know much about football, but were already strong, already fast, already, you know what I mean? Not a pretty contact. Right. You know what I mean? Our figure. Um, so we had a lot of schools to um, choose from. And, and that was just out of sports schools. You know, there was, you know, still like seven, mm-hmm. eight other academics. You know what I mean? So you weren't really around like the academics and all that to, to be able to know. Nah. I got you. Okay, no, so no. what's another question I have? Um, was How was the weather? Was it always like gloomy there? Because they did compare it to a lab or whatever. No, it was only gloomy during the uh, during the, the winter. Mm-hmm. During so, the spring, in the fall, in the, and, and, and a little bit of the fall too. But the, the summer and the springs were actually really nice. Okay. The summer and springs were really nice. Actually <clears throat> hot too. But, uh, they get extreme. So like the summers were really, really hot. And the winters were really, they were cold, but what made the, summer, the winters worse was that you got a lot of smog um, in the winters. Yeah, I mean, the, I think the they, fact, they put like, uh, they put uh, satellites on uh, China and then they like found it to be one of the most polluted, like, you get me? Yeah. It, you, can you breathe over there? <laughs> um, well, the... Uh, each city is different for one because mm-hmm. it depends on like location, whether you're close to the water, how many factories are there, mm-hmm. you know, how much space, like, you know, there's a lot depends. Like Beijing by far is worse. Um, Wuhan was only bad smog wise in the, in the winter. Mm-hmm. There was, there's times, other times, but they would be like out there, they have smog and weather channels and like alerts. So, you know, here, like you would check the weather there. You have channels and apps to check the weather, and then you also have to check the smog. And on most days, it's fairly clear, but on the days when it's gonna when it's gonna hit, you'll know, and then you'll see everybody walking around with their mask. Right. You know what I mean? At like different levels. So some, if it's green, that means you know good. Obviously, if it's yellow, that means it's gonna be a little bit. And on the red days, you'll see everybody walking around with their mask. You know what I mean? So that was fairly common. But Wuhan, it was only uh, 
it was only you only had it was only normal for that to be the case like you know a couple times a month because in the winter they were saying I guess when it's cold uh, they don't get as much of the breeze so it's just the the smog just stays it doesn't it doesn't uh, move I think that's what it was or maybe the the factories uh, produce more during the winter it might have been I don't really know exactly what it was but I do know that the winter smog wise was worse for whatever reason um but you know that's just kind of part of it it was actually not as bad as other places though Beijing is standing there year round that you see people walking around with it don't matter when you go to Beijing you always going to see people uh, out there right. so you know uh, that's the that is one of the, the downsides but you can't really escape it there's Certain things that's better than others, but you can't escape. It's gonna, it's some degree, it's everywhere. I got you. So, how were you like? How were you living over there? Like, how was your like in every country you lived in? Like, what was the um, living situation? Were you like apartments, Airbnbs? Like, how were you getting I mean, around that type of stuff? Each country was different because, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I would be contracted through whatever team I was coaching with. Mm-hmm. Um, really, only. We we didn't do Airbnbs uh, when I was on contract. We only do Airbnbs when we're like right now in Mexico. We're not on contract. We doing our entrepreneurship, so we you know find, spending our our own bread for it. But right. normally it'll be what the team provides. Um, certain countries are better than others. Um, you know the one thing I can say though is that most of the countries I've been in, besides Europe, the cost of living has been way cheaper. Right. The quality of life. Yeah, I really remember, depends. bro. You were you was telling me like, bruh, a dollar will go a long way in another country. Like that goes a long, way. <laughs> and that's why a lot of people come to uh, America. Now I'm seeing why a lot of um, a lot of people from other countries come to America send money back because you don't have to send as much back mm-hmm. if you're trying to help. Um, you know, but just to get food, you know, you got a lot of street food spots in other countries. In America, you really don't see uh, like food trucks are getting kind of popular, but. Really, you don't see like real like street food in right. America. In other places, you know, you got somebody's got a little tent set up and they chefing it up, and that shit's fire too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, bro, that's the lack of regulation and shit, yo. But yo, they'll put they'll put some shit in oh. your food. You'll be like, oh, you don't know if there's roach legs in there, or nothing. But it, that shit busts. It looks so good. I see videos and pictures. It looks so good. Yeah, no, China, China. Yo, you you definitely can fuck around with you know. <laughs> Yo, hold on, hold on. Um, you ever ate rat or some shit, bro? Like some weird shit, like a dog. <laughs> I've been a vegetarian, uh, vegan for damn near ten years now. So, goddamn, you know, I'm with me like is in the spot like China. I'm just getting noodles and vegetables. Mm. You know what I mean? So they don't they don't even get the chance to put dog in your shit, bro. Yeah, <laughs> you can know, but, oh, like, I have a question. I remember I was going to ask you about Japan because I watched a bunch of videos on like how they eat over there and in Korea too. But it like the videos I see on Japan, a lot of them I've been seeing like their convenience stores and they have vending machines that give you whole meals, which I thought was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't been to Japan, but that's true. And Japan is light years ahead of China when it comes to like sanitation and like their rules and regulations. Oh, that's so places so, like Korea. South Korea, Japan, people prefer those places over China because you're, you're not going to get the dog, you're not going to get the bat, you're not going to get, you're not going to get all of that shit. Right. They're way. Strict. Some people can't say a little too strict. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's the knock on places like they they may be a little too strict, right. but 
um, you know, not in in China. It, it's it's China's it's funny because they give the appearance that they're really 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 strict, but they're China's being like the parents are always saying they're gonna whoop you boo, like, but really never does. Like they do occasionally, but they just scream more than they really get. Mm. You know, what I mean, not to say that like they they don't they're not actually putting people in prison and killing them off or talking uh or talking you know openly about right. like, you can't speak there about it so I'm not I'm not saying they talk and no shit like that but for like all the rules that they have all the rules that they say that all the shit that they say people can't do is all being done there by the bill by the millions by the hundreds of millions you know what I'm saying right I mean the people are king at the end of the day I mean the government yeah, could yeah. really say whatever but. The people are going to do what the people are going to do. And but here's is- the thing, though, bro. There's places, But here's the thing with that, though. There's places when the government says, don't do this shit, you don't do this shit. Singapore and Dubai, mm. like, the type of shit that they say don't oh, do. No. Oh, no. Bro, don't cut your head off. You don't do that shit. When they say don't do it, nah, nah. Yeah. Like, and the people there know, though, so they don't do this shit. China, Have you been to Dubai? No, nah, I haven't. But that's one of the reasons why I don't want to go, because, like... <laughs> I'm into our they don't they they fucking with there, you know what I mean? So Are you Muslim? Clear. Yeah, I'm Muslim. Oh, okay. I mean You know, I'm born and raised. <laughs> How you not going, bro? How you not going um bro, they waiting for you, bro. <laughs> well so I'll, I'll go to I'll go to Saudi, like I'll, I'll go to uh I'll go to Mecca and stuff like that, but like, you know, I just feel like like that whole that's, that's a little too much, man. The whole death penalty shit, like that's I mean like they do it in China, but really you gotta you gotta be pushing the limits to get it there. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, like Have in Singapore. Have you ever been to Vietnam? That's what I was gonna ask you. I haven't been to Vietnam, but actually, the, when I was in uh, Wuhan, I was the uh, defensive coordinator. The head coach uh, lives there now. He's a, a white guy from Florida, but mm-hmm. he married a, a woman from um, Vietnam, and he built a house out there. I want to visit. Um, and I mean, I don't want—I ain't put his name his business out there, but right. the amount of money he built the house for out there, and the size of it, and the quality of it, from ground up, it's crazy. Um, you know, U.S. dollars. How how much? Like, um, how strong is the Chinese dollar compared to the U.S. dollar? I mean, I know Chinese like, probably like one to seven, but the Vietnamese dollar is like one to like damn near two hundred. I want to go so bad. You know? Yeah, it may even be more than that. Um, it's it's very very high. Like. I think I want to say ten dollars, like damn near a million up there. So it may even be more than more than ten now. The prices adjust. So like, yeah. if you go to buy something, a drink will be like you know a hundred thousand of their currency, but it only translates to like thirty five cents, you know, uh-huh. forty cents, like that. Um, and so what, from what he tells me, like forty years ago, the quality of life was way lower than it is right now. Oh yeah, but, I mean like, China. China has taken a step like they've gone a long way for the amount of people and all this other stuff like with with the uh industrialization and all that other stuff they've gone like they've come leagues along like, yeah they move, and they got the momentum and they ain't slowing up no time soon either that's true that's true they not slowing up anytime soon bro they have 20 cities over there that are bigger than new york city bro i mean wow. like if, cities you, that- if you look at it and they have they'll have about 30 in the next 10 years, because Wuhan is already bigger than New York City. Yeah, that's true. And before before the pandemic, didn't nobody know shit about Wuhan. You know what I mean? It was all written, it was all written, it's already bigger than New York City. Yeah. And growing at a pace that, you know, in 
in another 10 years, it's going to be way bigger. It's going to have like probably 5 million more people than New York City. Because a lot of people are moving there because you can get the, a, a really, really good quality of life for a way cheaper. But Shanghai, mm-hmm. Shanghai is damn near more expensive than New York City. So a lot of people from Shanghai are moving out of Shanghai because the cost of living is just going up and up and up and up. You know, um, Beijing, people in uh, Shenzhen, the, the really, really expensive cities out there, they're starting to move to places like Wuhan and uh, Chongqing. Because they're big cities, you get everything that everything else. There's nothing that you can really get in Shanghai that you can't get in the, in, the, in those other cities. All international restaurants, international airports. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, subway, modern subway stations. Wuhan's subway station was just built like five years, five six years ago. Yeah, I mean the 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 speed at it's which they cranky. build things is well, just crazy. Like nobody's ever been. You know what I'm saying? And most of the train stations I go to in Wuhan, you what, go to New York City. You said what? Say what you said before. About the I subways. said Wuhan subway station is so new mm-hmm. that when you go into certain spots, it looks like nobody's ever fucking been in there before. Bruh, it's, it's like it's that. Like, squeaky yeah. clean because they literally was just built years ago. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it's crazy. And they, you know, it's, um, you know, and 10 years ago you went there, you know, you didn't see any, any skyscrapers, no mm-hmm. uh, subway stations. You know what I mean? Um, and now they got it all. You know, you, you know what like, it feels like? like? You know what it feels like? It feels like a little bit that um, China's, it, you know how, um, you know, like if you just start a business, right? You're bare bones and whatever, whatever. And you only have the essentials. You're able to move quicker and adapt better than like, let's say a U, United States with like all the policy and regulations and all of that. Like they might slow up when trying to do things, right? China seems like, they're way faster because, yo, in the U.S., you got to get approved for like 20,000 different permits before yeah, you could do something. It's a process. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It kind of feels like, bro, we've hindered ourselves a lot in terms of growth in that in that um, aspect. You know why, bro? And here's, here's what I got to say. We ain't spoke about it, but man, we about to get it in, bro. I'm about to finish this motherfucking clip. I'm about to <laughs> put this car, put this uh, phone and the cops will get tired and we're about to get it in. But you know why, son? Racism is destroying America, bro. Yeah. I definitely Racism agree with that. Destroying America, bro. Everybody <laughs> in China is Chinese. Right, but in China, um, it's it's a hundred like you you won't find uh, that many other races. I mean, they try to silence the the fucking what are they called? The Uyghurs, right? Like you won't find you you'll find like Indo-Chinese, like, white skin, you, you feel me? Those are the, and it's the majority of them are, that's what they are, you get me? So there's no no divide in, like, what they're trying to do. It's like one goal, one, it's like they're all pushing for the same thing, in a sense. One thing, one dream. Yeah. One thing, one dream, bro. And that's why they've been able to move like that, because they're all, for every, bro, for every, like, I'll say for every, like, six to seven people that you see out there, you'll see somebody with a Chinese flag tatted somewhere, like, on their arm, on their neck, something like that. I'm the males, like, you know what I mean? Out of every over over 21, mm. I'll say, like, every six or seven dudes that you see, they'll have a Chinese flag tatted somewhere. What, one, thing, have, one thing that I've seen happen to the U.S. that I'm, I'm really not liking, right? I've seen that Americans 
aren't proud to be Americans anymore. You get me? Yeah. Like it's it's yeah. like you have to you have to accept what your country is to be able to yeah, fix yeah. it, right? But people are are they're they're essentially hating themselves and not loving their neighbors because my neighbor voted for this person or my constituent did this and I don't I don't like them. Fuck this, fuck that. And it split the country. I I really honestly believe the only way we steer the ship the right way is, yo, learn to love the person next to you and have a fucking conversation with them. Or you feel me? Like, you're not going to be number one. The U.S. isn't going to be the top, the the world leader in anything anymore. You get right. me? There'll be yeah. no unity at yeah. all. I get you. I mean, there's never really... The problem is there never was unity that's oh what it my is. gosh! You can say it again. We thought we talk that. about it as if like we need to bring the unity back, mm-hmm. but if you really know the history of America, that never was it. If you when you walk around the South, bro, you see people still fighting and damn near dying for just the right to wave the Confederate flag. As if that wasn't I lived an in actual different country who right. was fighting against America. You know what I'm saying? You will never see that in another country, right? I, I mean, mean, you. America had its problems, right? America had its yeah. problems, but Still like America's problems, uh, they've they they embraced it in a way. Like it's like they won't let it go. America is like a country that had, niggas had beef and niggas won't let it go. That's true. Like you know, what I mean? <laughs> that's true. Like you know what I mean? Like it gotta be like okay, we had beef one time. Fuck, we older now. We got fuck, we got kids now. You know what I mean? Like even they got grandkids. Let's fuck. You know what I mean? We fighting over some death. Even if it was some real shit, fuck it. Though. Like. It, it's, it was in the past. Let's watch it. That's what, and then you move forward, and then that can be like a now you got allies. You know, what I, mean? I completely understand that, bro. When like I see, I see a lot of um, people my skin colored, right? I see a lot of black people like, oh, I I need you to treat me like this because my ancestors were uh, slaves. I I honestly, I'm like, okay, put it like this: you're not gonna get treated equally until you act like you're equal. You get me? If you Act like you're you're. Yeah, I, I think people. I think black people don't need to like what. I don't think. I think black people just need to be honest with the fact that like you may not get treated. You just you you're just not really going to get. You have to demand. You have to demand equal treatment. Unless the only way the only way if you don't demand equal treatment and you're from Haiti, bro. Right. So I know your history, bro. Hey, the, the, the Haitians would have never became independent if they would try to ask the front fucking treat them equal you know what i'm saying the, one, one thing is one thing is you can't just get on. one thing is you can't just ask for it you have to declare it you get me i'm equal Man, to exactly. you and this exactly. is like you really have i'm gonna act i'm gonna act as if i'm equal to you i'm right. not gonna ask you to try to treat that's me what i mean that's exactly I'm what i mean as if i know that i'm equal to you and i'm gonna do what you know what i'm saying a person that wants to be treated equally would do i'm not gonna ask for it you know what i'm saying Right. So it's right. it's like when I see people like LeBron James, right? They walk they walk into a meeting with uh, like 10, 20 white people. They don't act like um they don't act like he doesn't act like, "Oh, I'm not supposed to be here." He sits in like he's he's a fucking boss just like every one of them <laughs> motherfuckers right. And he yeah. talks he talks to them on their level, you get me? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think um you know, there needs to be more of like a a global uh a global, uh, you know, network when it comes to like people could, because right now we don't really have to just rely on, you know, one city, one 
uh, state, one country to do mm-hmm. business, you know, and to network. Right. You know, um, I really, um, you know, think that regardless of what country you're from, you should live in another country for another year. And, you know, that'll change your perspective. No matter where you're from, if you're from Europe, Africa, you know, the Caribbean, the Americas, you got to go somewhere else. And then, you know, whether you come back or not, uh, <laughs> you know, just to see that, like, <laughs> you, you have options. Shit, you know hopefully I mean? you come I, back. Hopefully you come because even when you come back, you're coming back with more than more than you know what you uh, what you left with. You Bro, know, what I mean? you should that that you know? I can say for for sure. Um, I lived yeah. in uh, Montreal for like a good year and a half with my dad, and it was a it was a surreal experience because you have people like it's so many different cultures from all over, right? right that interact with each yeah. other, and it's it's cordial. It's there's no hate. You get me, and they all preach like kind of the same. There's a like you really find that culture over there. It's it's like there isn't that that split like America. You get me? They all Montreal. They all yeah. They all keep divided the same city. Yeah, man. That's that's beautiful, man. You know, and you don't really you can't get that everywhere, right? You know, you get that everywhere. So that's 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 um a good experience. I mean, there's cities that like you know like the Berlin. Mm. You know, you was out there in Toronto. You know what I mean? Like. There's places that, like, you know, you can get shit, shit. Even Miami, I would say, though, because you know, it's it's international. Tell me, who the fuck you gonna run into while you're here? Right. Um, you know, the experience of having that because, like, people think when people like that are not American speak about America, they speak about New York, L.A., you know, possibly Miami, Chicago. When they forget that a large majority, the the biggest percentage of America is middle America. That's that's, that's what the largest. That, you know, I mean, and, when you talk about that, that's who that's Ohio, who won the election in twenty sixteen. That's West Virginia, right? You know what I mean, right? Fucking that's the majority of America: North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming. Right, but that's not These the melting pot. You get me? Right. That's where you're not welcome as a as a foreigner. Welcome Oregon. These are fucking sundown towns. Are y'all familiar with Sundown Town? Yeah. I lived in Tennessee. You want to tell me about it? Because I know. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Kind of Tennessee. So, like, that's the majority of America. And, like, that's, the, you know, that's the issue. Because you got these places where, you know, people, everybody's not even wel- not welcome. Right. You know, and then, you know, you expect. And then when there's this crisis, everybody wants to all of a sudden come together. You can't, like, not live in unison, like, you know, on a normal basis and then, when some bad shit happens, you think that like we're gonna everybody's supposed to come together. I mean, America's so vast in in like landscape and diversity that if something too. happens on one side of the country, unless you're really vested in like uh, social change or you care, like most people just like stay that. in their little corner and ignore yeah. the problem. You get me? Yeah, that's a fact. That's a big fact. Damn. Yeah, bro. Because it's really like different countries. Honestly, yeah. it's like. America's like forty something different countries. Yeah, California is its own little country. Like New York is its own. Florida's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we. I but think we have to work on the vibe. But but here's 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 what, 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 what like what gets to me though. Mm-hmm. Every place is some country, but in America, the one thing that is constant is the divide in the people. Yep. That's true. Now, some places are some places are are. Are a lot more accepting, like in New York, California, Florida. Right, those are, are the pe- those are the places so many- that you have talking, like you have people talking about that. 
you know. Yeah, yeah. Because it's so, I mean, because they're so diverse that it's damn near impossible for there not to be, you know, for there to be a divide, you know right. what I mean? But in New York, you go by a place like, like, I'm from Buffalo, that's in New York. Now, it's not New York City, but it's still in New York State, and Buffalo is the second largest city in New York State. Right. Buffalo is one of the most segregated cities in the entire, and I, I've read plenty of articles about it, but growing up, I can feel it. The east side of the Buffalo where I'm from, like mm-hmm. 90% black. 90% black on the east side. The west side, all the Latin, Cubans, Puerto Ricans, all the Spanish-speaking, uh, Latin uh, Americans, they're mm-hmm. all there. The north side is the Irish. And the south side is the damn Italians. Even the white people yeah. put up because the Irish and the Italians don't fuck with each other. I mean, they'll they'll get together on white supremacy. They'll stick together on some white supremacy, but like right. on a day to day basis, they don't. They, they don't they, fuck with each other. They, yeah, they don't really fuck with each other. I think that's so a, that's a symptom of you know being in your own little world where you don't you don't really have you're not forced to interact like poverty, right? If you look at you have you ever seen like those uh the ghetto white people? You get me like the the trailer park Hell boys, yeah. bro. They'll they'll fuck with some black bro. They'll fuck with some black people, right? On some like oh yeah. we cool da da da. That's my homie type shit, right? But if those same people were in a different situation where they were alone and they were being fed this type of dogma, it's not it's not likely that they would they would uh have an open mind or you know learn to love their neighbors like. You should. You get me? Yep. Yeah, yeah. You know what's crazy? You Earlier you were talking about um, Southern hospitality. And it was just crazy to me that a lot, of, like, a lot of Southern places have hospitality. And on the opposite end, it's like racism. You get me? Yeah. Confederate flags. It's such a like, it's such a crazy like contrast. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Well, see, the Southern hospitality, I was getting with some of the black folks. So I didn't really see. Growing up on the East Side, I didn't. I didn't grow up around that many white people. So, you know, I was, and my granddad was from the deep South and I think he got into it with, with a clan member. Cause he was, uh, on, you know, he was nation of Islam and he was very, I mean, I don't want to say anti-white, but like he grew up in, he grew up in the area where like, no, I can relate. Know, I can relate. 1000%. My grandpa, he, he grew up in Virginia, right. When like integration was happening with buses and all that stuff. You talk to him yeah. about some white people, he's gonna be like, "Nope." <laughs> yeah, his blood, that blood temperature go up. Yeah, I mean, it was real back then. You know what I mean? So, like, the difference with the grandparents now is that, like, you know, you got generations that have you got a few generations into or after integration. So it seems as if there's as it seems as if we we've, we've been integrated. You know what I mean? Because legally, you know, we're supposed to at least be allowed to. Right. But shit, I can't. Thirty, forty years of integration in my high school was like ninety-eight percent. But I, I went to the biggest high school in Buffalo, New York. There was six thousand kids in my high school. Six thousand. There was only like five white kids, and I mean, the five white bro. kids got bust in. They got bust in from the south, from the north and the south side, because they were in the JROTC uh, military program. And my school was one of the only schools that had it, so they got bust in for that. But they didn't live in the neighborhood. So how is it this long after integration? And fucking my school was. You know what I mean? I mean, at, at this point, at this point, like yeah. I said, I think it's about like not being forced to be with each other. You get me? When you're forced to be with somebody, it's kind of yeah. like you have no choice. But once white, like a lot of <laughs> white people, what they have, the advantage they have is money. You get me? 
they have that freedom to go move somewhere else and do something else. Um, A lot of the times when you're black, like if you move into that neighborhood for opportunity and change, that opportunity and change leaves when you come in. You get me? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know what? I feel like no matter what you do, no matter what you do, you're going to get it somehow. Because like the reason I was living in Tennessee, what, like last year was because my dad moved there and he moved into a military town just because it was, you know, better for his kids and everything. And like couple days into my sister, she's light skinned just like me. Couple days into her going to school, there's a bunch. Of, I walk into the school, there's a bunch of other light skinned kids like her. Everyone's all mixed up, so I think everything's fine. She comes home and tells me a white girl asked her, "Do you even speak American?" Wow, speak so, American. So and then she told the girl, actually, it's called English. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm speak dead, American. but it's like wow. no matter what you do, you're gonna get it somehow. People have that, you know, that mindset. Yeah, man, that's the downfall, man. That's why, like, I think experiencing other, other, uh, especially emerging uh, market cities is good. So, like, for for instance, when we left uh, uh, Wuhan, we went to Malaysia for um for like a month. But my next contract was in Czech Republic. There was no flights out of Malaysia, mm-hmm. so the closest city or country that had flights was Singapore. So we was like, okay, we never been to Singapore. We always want to go. Just go there for like two or three days. And then we'll have a team fly us in there from Singapore. They got a lot of flights. In Singapore, we got to chop them up with our driver that picked us up from the airport. And he told, like, we asked him because we were riding around. We just saw, like, every type of person imaginable everywhere. It wasn't like, like, it was difficult to tell who was from there mm-hmm. because everybody looked like they was from somewhere else. Right. You know, normally you see, like, the locals and then you see the tourists, right? Everywhere mm-hmm. you see the locals throughout the city and then you go to a certain area you see tourists or you'll see some foreigners throughout the city but for the most part you know the majority of the people all look like some you know one type you know there may be a little range in complexion but there's some familiarity with everybody there everybody's look different so i asked the guy i said yo like what kind of people you know live in this area and he said he told us that the singaporean government uh made a law uh, when the when the country was formed, because it's a fairly new country, it's not even 100 years old, mm-hmm. but they made a law that said each uh, district, the city, the country's broken up in a district. Each district has to have a certain proportion of uh, certain immigrants. So, like, you can't have over 20%. You have to have, like, you know, 20% Chinese, 20% Indian, 20% African, 20% American. Right. Um, it, it, no district can go past a certain um, a certain limit of people. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And he was telling me the reason why is because, like, they don't want any one group of people dominating one area, and they don't want any one group of people ostracizing themselves from everyone. It's pretty much like, motherfucker, if we all gonna live in, this, if we all gonna be Singaporeans, we gonna we gonna live together. We ain't about to be. See, that's the thing. You can't do that shit in America, bro. Because, yo, the, you, you tell white people they have to live with a certain number of black people, <laughs> bruh, you going to have hell on earth. That, that shit ain't going to fly here, bruh. Civil War number two. Like, man, they be out with their rifles. Yo, well, you infringing upon my rights. Boy. <laughs> so, you know, you see, and as a result, you know, to see a couple, like, with two people being the same race is fairly rare. Right. You know what I mean? Um, 
And I'm not really, I'm not here trying to, like, I got a black son, but it's, it's, this is a matter of, like, their racism is very, is, like, not really, like, there you have to, you're, like, talent speaks. Obviously, there's politics and everything, but there it's, like, about what you bring to the table as far as, like, how you contribute. You know what I mean? It's not about, you know, oh, I went, you know, this guy went to school with, you know, uh, you went to school with a guy and his dad owns a company or, you know, like, it's it's, it's not as, it's not as, uh, it's not as who knows who or, like, what you look like. Right. I mean, in a sense, in a sense, America has eliminated that through government, but at the end of the day, you can't control what private entities do. And the thing about it is, you know, so many people pop up like businesses and people are getting rich so quick. They, they put their family on before they put anybody else on. You get me? That's not based on merit a lot of the times. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Anyways, man. what you doing in Mexico, bro? What, like, what had you? <laughs> why? Oh, shit. I'm, I'm, I'm trading for it. I'm trading for it and trading uh, mainly for it. I mean, I do stocks and crypto. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But forex is like what I'm, what I'm going to heavy for right now. Um, but crypto and stocks too. I'm, 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 I'm uh, you know, doing like long term, more, more long term. Oh, so you're, you're trading to, to you know, build wealth, that type of thing. Yeah, man, because, you know, the thing that I was, the problem I was running into, man, with football was, like, bad contracts, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, you know, having a kid, man, the last thing that, uh, you know, one of the most stressful things was, like, relying on somebody else for money, you know what I mean? Relying on somebody else for money, that's, like, very, especially tra- as a traveler, where, you know, you uh, bring a kid and your wife somewhere and contract go bad after only being there for a couple months got to find some to go right you know that, that shit is that shit is not uh um, yeah, would be stressful i get that yeah that yeah, could be pretty stressful you know what i mean so you know we 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 pretty much you know my wife put a five-year plan together the year we met at the you know the year we met because some, what happened was we fucking had my son early you know had him real early in our marriage and mm-hmm. the contract that we had in poland went bad you know what I mean? Right mm-hmm. after he was born, probably after like two months after he was born. So we had to scramble and find somewhere else to go. We ended up going back home for a little while and then going to Egypt, getting a contract in Egypt and going back out there. And then that contract went bad. Mm-hmm. We was there for a while before it went bad, but still the fact that it went bad, we was like, okay, we got to like, we got we to gotta do something. We got to, even if, even if I still coach, we have to have independent streams to whereas we're not relying 100% on coaching. Right, because, you need like, a stability. We need stability, you know what I mean? So we was like, you know, it's going to be our five weeks, five years, you know, and this is actually our, um, the fifth year, mm-hmm. you know, and, we, and we're doing it. And what's really, really crazy about that though is that the contract that I got when we left Wuhan, we said that was going to be the last contract. And after that, we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to do 100% independent. Mm-hmm. Got there two weeks after I got there, COVID hit Europe. And kept and we were supposed to be there for six months. But my plan was to stack up during that six months, then jump into it. Season got shut down before it even started. Right. So we got pushed into that shit, you know, way quicker than we thought, you know what I mean? But it was a blessing, though, because it, for, it, it forced me to, like, you know... Uh, Reevaluate. Yeah, hell yeah. I get so, that. So, yeah. I mean, but, I think I mean, with, the, with the technological, um, like, kind of push we had... After after COVID, 
um everyone everyone's gotten into yeah. like forex yeah. or something like i was i was like i was as i was um graduating high school i was just getting out of um the mentality of oh let me go to school and do this cuz i have to you know i have to do something in regards to i have to uh you know get a regular job and this and that after i i think i was up on it a little bit kind of early you get me um yeah. I just I just got to studying how to trade and um you know getting getting in on that and I got into um you know the movement to retire uh like early like you get yeah. me like saving yeah. and um investing until you can retire and all that other stuff and you know that's that's where the idea from the for the podcast stems from cuz I ain't know I ain't know um what to do really I I didn't know what talents I had and um I kind of developed like, you know, talking and whatever to survive in high school, right? So I'm like, hey, if if I could do this um kind of well now, I could probably start interviewing some people and, you know, talk yeah. I like talking to people. I like learning about new things and I don't like to do that through, you know, like a medium of school and stuff. So that's where that's where this thing came from. Uh, that's it's crazy, bro. <laughs> Yeah, that's what's up, man. Yeah, you you're definitely right, though, man. Like I, I read an article about that, like how um, you know the amount of trading accounts like triple with a lot of yeah, a lot of sponsoring. For sure, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, one thing you guys should get into um, real estate, real estate, like buy, like if you find really good yeah, deals and all that good stuff, you get a house hack, and you know. Yeah, that's our next move out there. We um and uh. Cancun, like one of the more expensive cities in Mexico, but compared to here, it's like nothing. And the way you do it there, no, uh, there's no property tax like America. America, the UK, and Australia are the only places that have property tax. Damn mm-hmm. every other country, once you buy it, you, you it's, it's yours. You don't have to be paying on shit every every year. Right. So you know we that we're definitely looking to uh, get the property by 2021, and before the price starts going back up, because right now. The prices are fairly low with, uh, at least I know for like leasing mm-hmm. and renting, the prices are a lot lower right now because the economy was hit bad there because tourism is like their biggest, right. not the, it's them the only, well, no, I can't say the only because they export a lot of fruits and vegetables. So they, they export a lot of shit, but as far as the yeah, local. Tur- tourism brings us a hell of money, bro. Element. Yeah, tourism is like you know that, that brings by all the resorts and hotels there. I mean that that's the cash cow there. Right. So you know um, the Airbnbs, the people that own the shit that like, they want to rent out, you know, and then the, the the people that want to do business there, a lot of them couldn't, you know. So property tax, property prices is real low. So 2021, we definitely gonna get some. So what's the what's out. the what's the end goal? What's the? Tell me a little bit about your end goal for this. Like, do you plan on like at least becoming wealthy, or do you just plan on trying to sustain your lifestyle? Um, right now, we right now. I mean, right now, man. Right now, it's looking like we're gonna be like, um, hold on. We're, 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 Say it again. By by the four by our four. I'm 37 right now. My wife's 33. Mm-hmm. By the time we get into our forties, I think we'll have multiple properties, and we'll be and we'll have, um, you know, 
at least 10 different streams of income. Because right now, we got to fold. You know what I mean? That's um, crazy. And we're like, it's, and it's building. Each one is like getting, you know, we're getting better and better. And my wife, she, she's the one that has like her hands in a bunch of, I'm, I like to focus everything I got on trading and then take money from the market, put it into long term. Right. Uh, and the, you know what I mean? So I'll take daily out the, out the market before it or, right. you know, indexes or whatever. And then I'll put it into crypto stock when it's just it. Right. She's the one that's like writing, editing. She's doing susus. She fucking, you know, she got her little her luggage brand. She writes books, so she's doing all the shit. Yeah. I have her, you know, get bread. And, that's you know, that's kind of like me, bro. I I'm ADHD in that sense. I'm I'm in. I'm trying to become a real estate agent. I'm doing a podcast. I'm working. I'm doing this, that, the third, yo, everything, bro. That word, yeah, that's her. You know, so the goal is really, I mean, to get to a point where. Uh, we have multiple properties in multiple countries. That's that's me too, bro. Uh, I mean, multiple, you know, we got a property in the state. You know, we got a, we got property, a few properties in a few different cities in Mexico. Right. Got some shit somewhere in Asia. You know, like Malaysia, some shit in Thailand, you know, shit in Egypt. So we can we got our options. You know, we can go here, we can go there. If the economy's back, if the currency is low here, right? Then we go if the currency's up here in this in this spot, we go there. You know, and knowing Forex, I'm all on what currencies is up, what currencies is down. Mm. So, you know, being able to leverage that is huge because, I mean, like, the first time I went to Egypt, I, I was in Egypt three different times. The first time was by myself. second time was when I met my wife. And then the third time, we went back together mm. as a couple with my son. Right. The first time I was in Egypt, it, the U.S. dollar was one to seven uh, with the Egyptian pound. When I came back and met my wife, uh, less than two years later, like a year and a half later, it was one to eighteen. So their economy. I, okay. Third time it was one to twenty when we came back to one my life. The third time was like two years after the second time. It so was like it's one. A, it's the time to buy in Egypt right now. Basically, hell yeah, it's the time to buy. And I'm <laughs> telling you, the quality of life is pretty low if you in the city, like in like the slums areas. But mm-hmm. if you in the, the suburban area, right and. I a mean, lot of the, a lot of the times, like people and investors, don't really want to move or do anything business wise or live in an area just because of you know the risk of you know burglary and like threats like that. Nah, uh, nah, those places that shit happens in America worse than more anywhere else I've been. Mm-hmm. Egypt, like a place like Egypt, the people are very, very uh, civil uh, people, right. They may um they may try to get over on you like on some source prices type shit, but once uh-huh. you learn, you know, once you learn the, the lay of the land, you're there for a couple of months, you can get over that shit because you can haggle pretty much. America's one of the few places where the cost of the price of whatever you're going is the price. Like the price, this is you gotta pay. Right. Most places you can you can you can bargain. You yeah. know, you're going for hundred. Like, oh, yeah. Damn, so I only got eighty. I only got eighty. So I come on. He's like, oh man, I, man, I only got eighty. Give me ninety, man. I got eighty, man. Eighty-five, oh, man. I got eighty. All right, sorry, Yo. I take eighty. <laughs> you know what I mean? I guess because they trying to get the business. You know what I mean? They trying to get the bread. They, you know, they not, they not, they not um trying to buy. You know, no sneakers. They're not trying to put it on jewelry. Right. They just trying to provide for family. You know what I mean? That's literally only they trying to pay the rent and put food on the table. So, I, I wanted to ask you. um like ha- having been outside of America so long, how how do you view America now? Like, are you still like 
America, like that's where I'm from. Like that, are you still like proud to be American? And like, how did how has your view on the world changed because of you know your travels and all of that? Um, man, that's that's an interesting question, man. It, it actually changes sometimes. It it changes based on what's going on. Honestly, to be honest with you, like. During times of like the riots, like when I was, but we were gone for like, I hadn't been home for like three years, not from now, but when we left Wuhan, mm-hmm. we went from, we went from, we were in Egypt for a year and like a month or a year and two months, something like that. And then we went to China for like two months, two years. Right. So I hadn't been home for three years. My wife came back a few times, but I was missing it though. I was like, I was missing it. I enjoyed my travels, but I was missing it. You right. know what I mean? So. When it was finally time to leave um, the Czech Republic and come back, I was excited in a motherfucker, you know what I mean? <laughs> we were going to Atlanta, and although I'm from Buffalo, the majority of my family from Buffalo mm-hmm. moved to Atlanta. You know what I mean? A lot of my family, like the old boy, my grandma, she was already from Georgia. She moved to Buffalo. Um, she lived there for years and years and years and years, and she was moved back to, uh, to Atlanta. So I'm like, I got to go to Atlanta, see all my family. You know, it's warm there. Mm-hmm. You know, Atlanta is popping. It's hard to not like Atlanta. You know what I mean? Everything, you know, it's the black capital in America. So, so do you appreciate Do you appreciate America Bro. more because of your travels? Check me out, son. I come back the fucking riot the same week. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you was, like, you was deep so, in like, that shit? I'm probably like, damn. So, like, times like that is when is when I'm not proud to be an American because when I finally get to come home, after years and years and years and years, mm. you know, the whole George Floyd thing was going on, the Breonna Taylor situation started happening. Right. There was other, the, other, the brother that got killed in Atlanta was very close. There was a brother that got killed in Atlanta. Ahmaud um, Aubrey. Remember his name? The Ahmaud Aubrey, yeah. Ahmaud Aubrey. No, that was, out, that was outside of Atlanta. Um, there was a guy that got killed in the actual, um, um. in the city at like an Arby's or something like that. Oh, Not for an Arby's. Oh, like, I think I heard about that. You remember the, I can't remember the uh the the it was a fast food spot, but that was very I think it was Wendy's. Like, what, what was the story? What, what was the story with that? Yeah. He was like and he was drunk, he was fell asleep in the car. Mm-hmm. He was drunk, he, he was like super drunk. He fell asleep. He was actually wrapped asleep in the house. But he was really drunk. He was like, Well let me just pull over, take a quick nap real quick, and then shit, when I wake up, I just drive home because I'm right up the street. Mm-hmm. Cop knocks on his window, he opens up he you know, opens up the court car just in Bobby or whatever, and then, you know, I guess you know, um, he was getting out because the dude was so drunk. He didn't even know it was a cop, apparently. You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the dude, you know, the cop ended up, you know, shooting him um, in the parking lot. He was unarmed. You know what I mean? Um, and then they said they had a, you know, another riot. They was already rioting. The, the, they was already protesting right. the George Floyd situation at that time. Then when that shit happened, they went out and, and rioted. It went from a, a protest to a riot after that. That was so, was it Wendy's? I think it was. Because I think, I, think I heard about I think I heard that they burned that Wendy's down. They damn sure did. Yep, you're right. They did. And that was like <laughs> that was literally like a five minute drive from Airbnb we were saying it. Bro. You know what I mean? When I so like when I, like that, happy to be an American. But there's other times when the like there's there's when when that when shit like that is not happening, I, I am proud to be an American. I guess you know what I mean? Right. Especially since my family, like, are native to America. Like, Thank you. My granddad Yo. was from the Seminole tribe, and my grandmother was from the Cherokee tribe. Right. So, wow. I, don't, I don't subscribe to the whole African-American. My ancestors didn't come from Africa. My ancestors are from uh, North America. You know what I'm saying? North North America. Like, 
we had like you go to my mom's house, all you see is like um you know native paintings. She wears right. native uh you know jewelry and shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like we still have, we have English names, but shit. Um, like you know they're they're my my family's very uh, in tune with their native side. So you know, on that sense, even to the point where like when I'm in other countries. They know that black people are called African Americans, so I have people asking like Uber drivers, taxi drivers, say, "Oh, you're from America." When I say I'm from America, first they're shocked because black people, black Americans, don't really travel that much. So most of the time, when they see Americans, like actual in person, they're white Americans. So mm-hmm. when they see me, they think I'm from Africa or a Latin American country or something. They're like, "Oh, you're, you're American." I'm like, "Yeah." They're like, "Oh, well, well where are your where are your parents from? From like where where are you really from?" Meaning, like, what part of Africa are you from? Right. And I'd be telling, no, I'm native. Motherfucker, I'm I'm from similar tribe. Like, I'm right. Native American. Yeah. And they'd be like, huh? But yeah, no, I'm native. You yeah, know my, I'm my grandpa's side of the family is the same. That's crazy. Yeah. So I always tell them that shit. So I'm very proud, native, you know, um, proud to be a, a foundational American. But the shit that, I, what I'm not proud of is, like, the progress we haven't made. Right. You know what I mean? The, I'm not the, proud the, of, like, the, the progression, the like, you know, the... um. What's that shit? The you know the the movements, all the progressive movements that they have, are oftentimes like most of the time. Let me just say most of the time, a lot just more detrimental to to you know what they're fighting for than actually being helpful for it. Like the like let's say the the George Floyd protest, right? That was a that was a that was a beautiful thing where they had millions and many millions of people out and you know like speaking out against the injustice that they saw and it wasn't just black it wasn't just black people it was black white hispanic everybody because they saw what was happening right but then we did ourselves a disservice by rioting and i don't know if like you know the rioters or whatever i'm pretty sure it was a mix of people like there's a side to the story and then there's the other side and then there's the truth right i don't like I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if it was just people who didn't believe in, um, what was being fought for that were writing or if it was both or whatever it was, but what, whoever was doing that was doing the movement a disservice and like that, I see that. Right. And I see people talking bad about America and like, Oh, America's this America's that like, go out and fix it. You get me? No, hold on. The crazy thing is only 7% of protests turn into anything crazy like that. Right. But that's still what gets the most attention. You know, they keep media. They show that shit on TV. Right. So So we're losing that happening because that's all they show. The the most like the 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 best example that I've seen of like an like an American movement that stood up and was civil like the civil rights movement with uh, Dr. King and all that like you I'm not sure because I you know I wasn't in the times but um, you you saw that you know people I I don't know where that civility went you get me. It's like it went from, oh, let's try to talk shit out. Let's go the peaceful route about this shit. And that's what that's what was more popular than the the violence and like, oh, da 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 da. But Well, I don't know. I can't say that though, because Rodney that's King? all they that's all well, that's all they whenever they show a black history from the civil rights, they like to show Right. Uh, they never show they right, I agree with that. They never show the that keeps black people people now, you know what I mean? Right. But the the difference back then, though, and I was just talking to my my, uh, my father in law about this. Mm. The difference then, though, was that 
the black the 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 black community understood um where they they understood where they stood as when it when it pertains to like the rest of America. And you still had literally water fountains that said black only, white only. And when you got on the bus, you had the black section on the bus. So you had to right. sit in the colors. When you went to a restaurant, you had to walk your ass around in the back and go to the black and if you was allowed to go in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. It might have said whites only, so you might have couldn't even get go into the restaurant. Right. You know what I mean? So it was very in your face. You couldn't really hide from your black. Now you go into a rest to a white area, and there's a funny feeling because you don't know whether you're welcome, whether you're not welcome. You know that we're in uh, integration, so you know you're supposed to be welcome in there, but you don't really know. Everybody. Right. I was about to say. Um... I mean, nobody's welcomed you. Nobody's like said anything to you yet, so you're kind of like okay. They want me to be in here. Am I supposed to be in here? It's open, you know. Right. Like and- I like I was <laughs> like I was saying, right? Like um the fact that I preach about like, yo, you are in charge of your destiny. You treat yourself and walk and talk how you want to be treated, right? But I walk into a situation with a room of white people and I'll get uneasy because they look at you different. It's really like you, all the attention's on you now. Like, what the fuck you doing here? You get me? It's still, it's like, you, you could be as confident as you want to be. What? Yeah, no, nah, I was saying that's just like that scene in Get Out when the brother walks in the room and everybody got quiet and they stared right. at him. That's what, that's the American experience of being black going outside your neighborhood. Right, you know what I mean? It's it's just it's, and I'm sure it goes just, the same way for white people, right? They don't walk into a room of black people feeling like some brave as fuck. That's <laughs> some, true. Some motherfuckers, yo, what's good, nigga? What's going on? Yeah. Yo, some brave as fuck. But. but you know what's crazy? I have a friend, and um, he's French, and his family is Haitian, and he was born in France, but. He was talking to me. I had like a like almost six hour long conversation with him. We talked about the whole Black Lives Matter movement and everything. And he told me like he would if if it was up to him, he said he feels more comfortable walking past a white person on the streets than walking past a black person. And I said, wow, really? you know what? I can't even I mean, I can't even I can't. To a degree, I understand what he's saying. And right, and I got what he was saying. Bro, bro, I think I could explain that. I think I could explain that. Really, I mean, historically, black people have had to show out Peacock. You get me? Front, mm. Either front, like, you you, you stronger. Like, you, you get me? You can't act like a bitch around people who's already, like... This much more powerful than you. You right. gotta have something up your sleeve. You get me? Right. You either gotta show it or you, you get me? Like you can't, you yeah. can't, you can't be a pussy. Like that's that's the that's the that's not though, bro. That's that's nothing in America. We talk a lot about racism, but shit. All the people I know that have been killed have been killed by another black man for the most part. I mean, I know one brother that got killed by a cop, a white cop. Mm-hmm. But I got about twenty something friends that have been killed in Buffalo, yo, and they all been got killed by the black man. Yeah, you know that's, I mean? that's 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 a big ass problem. That it's that problem. It's, I mean, the gun too? violence in America is is actually, in my opinion, worse than the racism. Bruh, for sure. No, the gun violence and black communities worse than the racism. But I mean, it is is pretty damn close. If you know, you know what? Uh, two things that made me sad, like this this past well, this these past three years. One was the death of... Have you heard of this artist, XXX Tentacion? 
Yeah, yeah. I wasn't familiar with his music, but I remember when he got killed, it was a big thing. So I kind of got up on, you know. That from, that uh, shit, bro. But, I that for for the longest like like 2018 when I was in uh when I was in um Canada and shit. I was still like I was hyping this man up like bro we could do anything this this and that right and like right in rolling into the summer when I had all that confidence about like yo you young you this like the world got smaller for me like in terms of yeah. yo I felt like okay I got this my motivation was like an all time high like I I that ass felt like I could do anything right and then this man gets killed by his own people trying because. Bro, he he was generous. He like he was doing he was doing it all right, and then he gets killed for no reason but a bag of fifty fifty thousand. I cried and cried and cried. It made no sense to me. And then you have you have uh fucking what's Ahmad Aubrey, that pissed that pissed me the fuck off, bro. Yeah. Cause I don't yeah. know, like there's a there's a sense of okay, if if I prepare myself for any situation like i'm gonna be cool right but no one hunts you the fuck down like it it made no sense to me oh my god that the ex situation and like all the deaths after that bro kobe i i I really felt like yo we losing everybody it that's what that's what the experience was to me bro as a as a black kid in america like i was like what the fuck we were shooting our own I think guns don't need to be as because it's too easy to get a gun here. Like in most countries, I've been to the police. I don't even know how to carry. Thing is, bro. Thing is, in America, like if if people Mexico, China, um, and mostly all the European countries I've been to, um, Egypt, the cop, the regular cops don't have guns. Now they can make a call and have the military show up, obviously, but the 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 everyday cop you're gonna run into is not armed. I mean, the, you know what I mean, the police aren't mentally equipped to be equipped with a gun. I you get swear. me? This is why National Guard is a thing. And I say this so much. National Guard does not get called out as much as they need to. And then that causes police militarization. And it's crazy to me. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's bad, man. And, and not only are the police not armed, but the average citizen you run into on the street is, is not armed in most countries. Um. You know, in Mexico, there's only one gun store in the whole country. Now, I will say that there's still guns you can get on the, the people. You know, right, the they sell it, right. But actual, legally, a legal gun store is only one, and it's in Mexico City. So if you don't live in Mexico City, you have to fly there, fill out the application, fly back to your city, wait for the application process, then fly back to buy whatever gun you're going to... average person ain't trying to do that. I mean, wow, you know really, I mean? really though, in America, you can't, you can't, it's already too late in terms of like, yeah, you already have, there. yeah, you already have most of the population <laughs> armed. Yeah, so what, the only thing you can do is, okay, shoot, I'm not going to get caught lacking. You get me? Arm yourself up and don't do nothing stupid with it. But you, you got, you got, you got our own, our own brothers and sisters, you know, shooting us and that over little beefs because we have guns. You get me? Shit that we would fight over and then walk away from. You got you got people getting shot over. You you heard about King Vaughn, right? The the black yeah. black kid yeah. who died in Atlanta. Yeah, bro, that was over somebody he was about to beat up. That shit don't make no sense. Yo, like wow. people people can't just take an ass whooping and walk away anymore. Like somebody yeah. gotta die. Yep. And that shit's absurd, bro. It makes no fucking sense why that. Like it it honestly it it irks me. <laughs> 
celebrations because my dad told my dad he passed a couple years ago. He would be sixty five now, but mm-hmm. he told me you know his generation it wasn't like that. Like in his generation, you fought, you get jumped, or you get stabbed. You know somebody might come with a bat. But it's a you way of surviving that shit, right? You can't, bro. You there's no outrunning bullets, my nigga. Right. Yeah, exactly. And now they don't got handguns. They got, you know. Semis. You know what's crazy? You know what's crazy with the whole Ahmaud Arbery situation? My dad, who the person who I call my dad, the person I was living with in Tennessee, it's like a disconnect because he's white and all his kids are mixed. So we were, I was talking to him and I was like, I brought up the Ahmaud situation and me and my sister were sitting at the table crying because we were sad about it. And we were like talking about how it was wrong and all this stuff. And he starts saying like, oh, it's not wrong. He should have never been doing that. And I was like, wait, hold on. He, all he did was run in a neighborhood. That's all he did. That shit makes no sense. Bro. Yeah. And it took a lot. Like it took an hour, like what? a two hour conversation for me to like get him to understand. I mean, a lot of the times it's ignorance, right? You, you don't inform yourself with all the facts from right. every direction. And people don't got time for that, bro. We like... People need need to be that's why things fed like the this, right things. That's why things like podcasts are right. a good thing. I mean, we need to we like this is this is another reason why like I'm I started the podcast because I saw I saw what Joe Rogan and them was doing and I was like, bro, there isn't a platform like that for young people, young black people. There isn't a pod, like there isn't a thing for that for people who are like less fortunate. You get me? You can't hear yeah. a lot of the experiences that people are going through. You can't yeah. like, you can't express a lot of the things that you go through and have people that you know you know understand and you know vibe with that. Yeah, man, that's uh, definitely a good point, man. Bringing you know uh, a global perspective, man, to to the uh, black youth right now because I know a lot of kids right now, man, um, in America are probably feeling pretty hopeless, man, just because we haven't really gotten a lot of good news out of twenty. For sure, you know what I mean? for sure. Our idols are dying. Um, I mean, our brothers and sisters are dying. It's, it seems hopeless, really. And yeah. you, you're gonna need like you're gonna need somebody to to really help you uh, see see a future in this shit. You get me? Like, yeah, not yeah, a lot of people nah. are seeing like good things. Yeah, yeah, man. That's that's unfortunate, man. But I mean, the good thing though was that the you know the pandemic brought about like. Like you were saying earlier, uh, a digital uh, a wave of like digital opportunity, right? And every industry, like pretty much now, to the point where any industry that you want to be in, if you a chef, you can do fucking virtual chef chef uh, event. Yeah, right. If you yeah anything, whatever it is you want to do, you can do it digital. So nice. now the days of like having to go out ask somebody for anything or try to get somebody to help you do anything, those days are over. You know what I mean? So now, if you're a thirteen or fourteen year old. You know, and you're in the house. Right, you getting famous off of TikTok and trade. shit. Yeah. Yeah, you can learn how to trade, do that shit from your phone, get you 20 bucks, give up 100 bucks, start a small account and grow that shit up. You know, and like really do, as opposed to like when I was 13, you know, internet wasn't even like popping like that at the time. So you had to go find a paper route or a fast food gig, you know what I mean? Right. Oh, you could do that. Bro, I, I I love to talk about financial literacy, especially like working working the job that I do where I get to talk to so many people. Um, it's like not a lot of people do 
do what you do. You get me? Like they come in, they spend their bread and then they spend the last dollar in their pocket and yeah. try to go out and find some more without realizing like what that dollar really is. Like Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a great point, bro, because like speaking of that, the only reason why we was in there was because my wife was like, Yo, babe, you've been telling me I need a new phone for the longest and I just like, all right, all right. Yeah. I don't want to spend Money, yo, I just want to fucking install that shit. Yo. That's me, bro. So she That's was like, me. no, you know what? I just found out they got a sale. Like, we're going. I'm gonna take you out by someone. I'm like, all right, so if you gonna buy that, do it. But I ain't, yeah. you know, this is still work. It's blowing up, but it still works. Yeah. So she like, yo, you trying to trade? Like, you need this shit moving fast. And I was like, we said that. I'm like, okay, man. Now you speaking my language. You know what I mean? So that's like the only reason why we went because of like. You know, yeah, some investment into yourself. I won't even spend money on myself. I'm so into investing now. That's me. Yeah, I'll That's spend me, money bro. on myself. Oh my God. I'll buy, I'll buy everybody a gift and then, bro, I'm good. Like, I'm content because I'm I'm doing what I feel is right. You get me? Yeah. That's the fact, man. And, um, you know, he always talks shit about it, but once I throw the uh, investment, uh, like, okay. Yo, 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 talk to my girl right now. Yo, I just got her. Yo, she made a, she made a little few bucks. She was happy as hell. I know. I'm into it now. I'm into it. That's real shit, man. But I mean, you know, it ain't nothing wrong with, um, you know, I think, I think, you know, it should be like, you know, setting goals. Once you, once you hit a certain goal, then, you know, but like, that was pretty much what I did. You know what I mean? I, I, I splurged myself a little bit before we came here because I had a few goals that I had set. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I had it. You know what I mean? But even then, it's still like um, very, very much managed. You know what I mean? Like, I ain't about to blow no fucking bag. I mean, I'll put aside a little bit, but that whole blowing the bag shit, nah, we ain't doing that. <laughs> we ain't doing facts. that. That's facts. You know what I'm saying? Because we're spending spend a little bit, but we ain't, we ain't blowing no bags. We don't invest some bags, <laughs> but we ain't blowing no bags. That's smart as hell. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah, I, I mean, I want to end it up real quick, but uh, I wanted to ask you um, about your your wife. Uh, in terms of like you know the articles that she's written, name some famous ones, bro. Come on. But, uh, uh, New York, New York Times. I moved uh, abroad to save my black son's life, or just to uh, prolong my black son's life. I moved abroad to to prolong my black son's uh, life, and she actually wrote that about Wuhan. She wrote that when we were in Wuhan. Uh-huh. Um, with the New York Times, so there's a bunch of pictures in there for one. So y'all can look that up. Okay. She interviewed, um, she interviewed Lisa Leslie with uh for uh, Essence. Mm-hmm. Y'all can look that one up. I can't remember the name of it. Um, but if you just type in Lisa Leslie, uh, Imani Bashir Essence, that'll pop up. Um, man, I'm trying, I'm trying to think. Oh, her, she got a book. She uh-huh. got a book that's out. What's it called? Pretty much. Shout her out, it's bro. Called, it's called Pack Your Shit. Pack Your Shit. Pack your shit. Yeah, that seemed like her whole personality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. yeah. It's pretty much just a a, a beginner's guide. If you re- never moved abroad, mm-hmm. it pretty much gives you a list of all the shit to look for. I love Pizza, that. Wise, you know, just expat community wise, everything. Hey, shit! If you're um, listening right now, go 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 read. Pack your shit. Is it out on um Audible? Nah, it's on um it's on uh, uh Barnes and Noble. Okay. Um, but just go. I would say go on my wife's uh, Instagram. She is Imani B. She got all her. She got tags to all of her shit on. She's got Imani you, bro. B. Got you. Got you. So hey, hopefully next time we can have her on, bro. Oh yeah, definitely. She does, man. She she she'll love it. She's putting him down right now, but I, 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 I'll definitely do her info and then y'all suck it up. She loves. She loves.
Hey, <laughs> I appreciate you coming on, bro. But you know, I got I got a couple things. Got I me, do. man. All right, Zay. Yep, Hey, enjoy enjoy the rest of your vacation, bro. I hope you get to Mexico safe. Be safe. Thank you. Y'all too. Y'all too. Happy holidays. Of course, man.